Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Rubber shark, do 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 do. Rubber shark, do. Oh, oh, Tierney, we're recording already? I'm so sorry. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we break down and analyze Joe vs. the Volcano one minute at a time. I am Jarf. I am Tierney Steele. I think you forget that I live with a toddler and Baby Shark is life. <laughs> Baby Shark is life. And you know what else is giving us life today? We have a fantastic guest for this week. It is a reunion of sorts. So everyone, please welcome Thomas. Hello, hello. So glad to be here for this little terrifying wake-up call to this movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I opened this minute and said, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> right. Well, we are glad to have you. And as you alluded to, this minute begins, sorry, minute 64 begins with Joe screaming in fear at the hammerhead shark he just caught. And it ends with Joe and Patricia talking to each other on the deck of the Tweedledee. This minute ends so much better than it begins. <laughs> it's true. I don't know that I would say the beginning's bad. It's pretty interesting. Oh, <laughs> I would. <laughs> Definitely catches your, it catches your attention quite well, I say. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll wake you right up. Oh, uh, goodbye, shark. <laughs> this shark's got a mouthful of teeth like, oh, what's his name? My mind just went completely blank. Goonies. Uh, oh, Chunk. Yes, he's got a mouth like Chunk. <laughs> chunk no, Shark. No, no, not Chunk. Um, the the. Oh no, no, no! Right, right. The the guy who helps Sloth. them. Sloth. Sloth. Sloth yeah. Shark. Sloth and Chunk are friends. Yes, he's got a mouth <laughs> full of teeth like Sloth, and eyes kind of similar too. They're not. They're not even on the face. Where did did you guys talk about where this this came from? Like what it is? Well, we had a lot of speculation about what it meant thematically and we didn't really land anywhere and then I ruminated on it some more as I am prone to do and I think it's just I stand by my idea that they wanted to have Joe as a man on a mission and that's why he becomes so obsessive about the fishing but then they didn't want it to resolve in any kind of success like he catches the big fish because it's too early in the movie for him to have a big win like that so i think honestly it's just a sight gag and a jump scare to break from that scene so it ends that scene and then you can go to another scene I don't know if either of you feel differently, but I think it's just as simple as that. Well, you went way deeper than I was thinking. I was wondering if it was a puppet or a robot or what. I definitely agree with what you're saying, though. I think it's it's supposed to be a journey of some sort. It's the one that he's not ready to complete yet. Now, wait, puppet? Ro- like, the, what that, is the shark? That's a real shark like- right there. That's a real shark. Oh, that's really? A, that's a daring stunt that Tom Hanks is... I can't even get through it. That's the fakest looking <laughs> shark in any movie. That's not a good sign when even Jarf can't be positive. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, whatever it is they put effort into, because it's it can't just be like a regular hand puppet because the eyes move. And that takes a little effort. Like if you're going to make that a puppet to make the eyes be able to move like that and still have the mouth motion, that's kind of impressive that they put that much into just a jump scare. I hate it. <laughs> Well, this movie does like its visual style. It it tracks in that way. 
I'm going to see if I can find Puppeteer for Joe versus the Volcano. (laughs) I think I'm going to move on just like the movie does. (laughs) You sure you don't want to stare at this image for just a little while longer, Tierney? No. No, I don't. Because then we cut to another exterior of the boat. And I think it's very clear by now that that is my dream. And then it shows the moon and the lanterns on the deck. And you hear the chimes twinkling. And they've been drinking some red wine. And he's saying it's gorgeous. And do you ever get used to it? So your dream is to live on a water-filled soundstage. (laughs) I mean, honestly, the dream? No, but a dream? Sure. How long do I live on this soundstage? I'm negotiable. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's quite pretty. Would different productions visit me? Like one week I'd have a (laughs) sailboat and then the next week I get to like have the people pretending to be astronauts training for moon missions? Like there's a lot we could do with this. That that sounds about right. Variety is the spice of life, you know? (laughs) Are you saying the moon mission was faked on a soundstage? No, That's I was exactly not I Kubrick, but <laughs> oh man. Um, now I can't even. Nope, nope. I'm back. Okay, I'm looking at her chilling on her like. I'm sure she's just lying on a bag of like sails or something, but it kind of looks like a beanbag. <laughs> she looks very comfortable. She's she looks she's super put away the worries of the day, and she is in this moment. Is the best. She's got on her cardigan and she is ready to chill. Yes. I think her mind is in a completely different place than Joe's. I could see that. I'm gathering a little bit from the further minutes, but yeah, she's in a relaxed place. She's not thinking about how pretty it is. She's probably thinking more about how romantic this is. And the wine's probably adding to that. So, okay. So, Thomas, in your scenario, Patricia's, she's already catching feelings for Joe. Oh, yes, definitely. Tierney, do you concur? I think she is catching feelings for Joe. I like the way we put that. Because we said in earlier minutes, like, they've already had some interactions where it's like, huh, this guy, pretty cool. So the fact that, you know, they've obviously had a dinner, it's gone better than the (laughs) previous dinner. I could see... I could see, you know, and again, we're to assume that the conversation over dinner this night did not end awkwardly with power moves and discontinued conversations. Like, maybe she is starting to feel like, aha. I mean, I just look at her body language as she's, as she's sitting there. She's she's in pillow talk mode right there. Like, I, Here's my question. Is Patricia feeling romantic with Joe or in this situation on the boat that she wants? Like, is she in love with the boat or him? Like I said, in, pre- in following minutes that we'll talk about later this week, I would say Joe is the the point. I mean, the boat's part of it, but Joe's part of it The boat's just there for well. atmosphere in your <laughs> <Yeah>. mind. <laughs> Can we clarify your question, Tierney? Because I can read it one of two ways. One, you're saying, oh, is she really catching feelings for Joe or is she just in love with this moment? Or two, you're saying, is he Mr. Right or is he Mr. Right now? It's so hard because we know he's Mr. Right. I think it very unlikely that Patricia has had a conversation with a guy before like the one that she had last night with Joe. Like, that was a moment. Didn't necessarily have to lead to love, but definitely a moment. And then they had this great day together. 
And like you said, like they're touching when they're fishing and clearly things are going well. And I I don't think she knows that he's Mr. Right forever, but I definitely think there's more to, there's more to it than, than just a fling. Yes. She is lying, literally, like you said, on a pillow, (laughs) playing with the lanterns on the boat that she loves, doing what she loves in a gorgeous setting, very relaxed, little bit of vino has been flowing. That could be anyone. But the fact that, like, this is the guy who's like, oh, do you ever get used to it? Do you believe in God? I've been asking myself some tough questions. Like, that piques her interest. You see, like, she sits up. She looks at him. Like... This is new. This is different. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Yeah, I think she she's definitely surprised by him and everything that he does. Like, almost any other guy would have been over there on the sail or whatever we choose what it is with her, you know, trying to do whatever. But he's not. He's being introspective and taking in everything around him instead. I almost thought you were going to say he's being interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's he's that being too. He's being quite interesting. Yeah. But I I do honestly believe that if he were that other type of guy who was over there, like, making out with her at this point, she would enjoy that, but it wouldn't be Mr. Right. You know, like, that would just be, like, a pleasurable thing. And the fact that the conversation starts, she's like, so I'm leaving you there for the rest of your life? Like, she, he, you're right. At every step of the way, he's piquing her interest. The cuteness about that line is that he knows what he means by that and she does not yet. Yeah, she thinks for the rest of his life. <laughs> right, that's that's kind of cute. I like that. It's good wordplay. Great job, writers. Good job. She is fascinated by him. Like every time she, you know, thinks she's got it figured out, which when she asks, did you sleep with my sister? And he says no. And she believes him. Like that changes how she feels about this guy. And I just think at every step of the way, he is fitting the fact that like he's going to spend the rest of his life on this island. And she's like, wow, I can't even imagine that. But like, you know, like, well, now she's imagining that. What would it be like to spend the rest of your life on your And we're going to see in future minutes, like that is what really gets Patricia going is that curiosity. Is that like, who knows what's going to happen in your life aspect. There's a moment at the 45 second mark where Meg Ryan is just... She's sitting there on the boat. She's got her nice sweater. Her hair's a little tousled and her eyes are kind of dreamy. And she's played so many different colorful roles throughout this movie. That one moment is what really jumped out as me as we have reached peak Meg Ryan. We thought we reached it earlier, <laughs> but now we really have. And and that that's America's sweetheart Meg Ryan. That is the indelible Meg Ryan of all time. And it just made me, it made me want to pull back from the scene and ask you, Thomas, since you're joining us anew, what are your feelings about the movie overall? What is your background, if any, with Joe versus the Volcano? And then kind of going into it, thoughts about Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Oh, my <laughs> Such I know you just question. you just pulled back a whole hammerhead shark of uh, right. question right there. So um, I don't remember the first time I saw this, but I have seen it on multiple occasions. It has probably been ten to fifteen years since I've seen it, and I did myself a quote a favor maybe. Uh, by not watch, not rewatching it before doing this, because I kind of wanted to just take the minutes as they were and see what I could get from it. 
once she mentioned, once he says the line for the rest of my life, the whole storyline came right back into my head. <laughs> I remembered exactly what was going on. Oh yeah, he's dying. He's being sent this fucking, it all came back to me in, in a very pleasurable way. As for Meg, she is amazing. I found myself struck by her long hair because for some reason in my head, I only ever imagined her with short hair, but it looks great on her. And they make such a wonderful pair, a duo. And it's not surprising that they did multiple movies together because they have wonderful chemistry and it's really great seeing them here. The idea of using the last moments of your life to do something spectacular like this is something that's always stuck with me from the first time I watched it. Just knowing that it's that whole, you know, what matters in your life? What are you doing in your life that that counts for anything? And what would you do differently if you knew you were on a timeline? You know, like if you only had so much time and learning to apply that to every day instead of just when you do have a timeline can be life changing. So because we all got a timeline. <laughs> we, we just, just don't, don't imagine <laughs> or think about it very often. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that you were saying like, oh, the fact that that stuck with you because it's funny. The Patricia side of things is what really stuck with me. Things that she's going to say coming up. And even in this minute, the fact that like he asked if she believes in God and she has that like hesitation, like she thinks about it and she's like, I believe in myself, which I still like sitting here middle age. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I can think it means different things at different times, depending on my mood. Yeah, the I can I can almost directly place when I like the time frame of my life when I watched this because of how it affected me that the romance of it all and the outlook of it all really affected how I wanted to do things. So I know it was during something formative in my life, at least. Jar, if you're turn to have deep thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I did notice before we got into this cute scene with Joe and Patricia, they did an establishment shot of the Tweedledee and you saw the crescent moon in the sky. And it just made me wonder because honestly, I don't remember if this is something they show as a progression leading up to the climatic full moon. I feel like this is the only other I nighttime scene. I so. Yep. I definitely didn't think there was enough time in between this scene and that scene for that to be. Although, maybe not. Maybe they do manage to go that long. But that's like, what? Three weeks? Yeah. It's a significant amount. I started to say almost a month. And I was like, am I going to go that far? It's about a quarter moon. So three weeks makes sense since a moon is a month. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I mean, it looks great. Yeah. (laughs) I think this this has to be one of those times where we realize many things in this movie are deep and meaningful, and some things are done the way they're done just because they're funny or they're pretty. I say that you guys need to do a moon watch. As you guys are going through these minutes, you have to do a moon watch and see how time progresses with the moon. Because looking at just that scene by itself and looking at like the cover photo of this movie, it makes it seem like the moon is very important and it's it's progressive would be really important so it will be easy this is the only one (laughs) yes that's sort of where i was going and i was wondering oh are there going to be like is there going to be that progression but as as tierney reminded me (laughs) the next time it's night it's full moon so 
And that's where that's where I was going with the some things are done the way they are because they're pretty. Basically, if you're going to have two moon scenes, then you go with the full moon because that's got all the symbolism that it has in that scene and we'll get to it. And then for the other one, you just do the crescent moon because that's the other pretty moon. Maybe. Yeah. I'm going to go deep here. I'm going to go deep. Oh, Maybe oh, God. The, the moon is a love meter and it's showing the amount of love that they have for each other. Yeah, it's not a new moon. There's love there. There it's we go. There's something here moon? now. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, when when it's full moon time, guess what? They're full on in love. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to retract and ask our listeners if they think enough time has passed between this scene and the full moon scene for it to have been three weeks. Yeah. Because it's not like there's a date on the bottom of the screen. It just is how you interpret how much time is passing. I like crowdsourcing that, and I like Thomas's idea of the of the moon love meter. Maybe do you think Tierney that's better than our idea from last week of the volcano love meter? Although then we don't get you making the video. Yeah, then of the I don't get to erupting. play with vinegar and baking soda. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this Should is a why I not eat both cheese into the nope. That's going the wrong way. Damn it! All right, never mind then. <laughs> So before we started making this podcast, you told me about a college essay that you came across where someone was saying their theory is is Patricia is the moon. Oh, so I was wondering how that tracks with this whole crescent moon, full moon. Is she she's still partially in the sky and then partially on the boat? I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I do think this is the most... I almost want to say this is the most vulnerable we see her, but that's not true because I, I feel like her discussion last night was the high point for that. I think it was the high point for that, but one of the things that you said last week is that discussion, it established a connection and now we're seeing that connection continue. And, and that kind of so comfort good. level and intimacy. <laughs> yeah. Not like getting it on in intimacy. Com- comfort level Settle and intimacy. Settle down, listeners. And lanterns and sunflowers and boats. Oh, my. Sorry. I got really yes. excited there. Set dressing. <laughs> the choice with the lanterns is an interesting one. Yeah. Because they've got to be electric. So somebody bought electric lamps to put on the boat for what reason? Now, this is a very romantic, old-school movie. Are we sure they're electric? (laughs) They're paper, so I don't see having uh, actual candles inside paper lanterns out at sea is a good idea. type of lantern existed well before electricity, though. Yeah, but did they use them out in the middle of the ocean where a storm could come up at any moment? Save it. (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, saying. And our chimes are back. It's the whole uh, whole sensory experience. Now, remind me, why are there a bunch of flowers on the boat? Because they're pretty. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if he, like, brought them on purpose or... No. No, she definitely bought those for herself. Okay, because there's a the lot Which is the irony, because she's not a fan of the sun, but there are a lot of sunflowers. Yes, there I are. I think she's a little <laughs> conflicted. I don't know if we talked enough about that line about her saying that she doesn't like the sun. Was it her that said that she doesn't like the sun, or was it Angelica that, that said she doesn't like the sun? Yeah, uh, Angelica says, you're in a rotten mood, and she said, it's the sunshine, gets me down. That doesn't Hence make- the she is the, the moon the- thing. <laughs> right. That's why she's the moon. The, 
<laughs> but does that make that much sense for a sailor? Because she's out in the elements all the day I long. I think she was just lying to be obnoxious to Angelica. Mm, I see. Honestly, having a sister, that does track. <laughs> She's just trading snark for snark. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of a fight with your siblings, you'll say things, and then you're like, I don't mean that at all, but it's too late, and I'm doubling down. Oh, God, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> it's not just siblings, coworkers. Pretty much any fight you ever get in. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody else have anything else for this minute? I don't think so. Nope. I'm just staring at the candles by the flowers, getting worried about the wind. <laughs> thanks for putting that into my brain. Yeah, thanks, Thomas. <laughs> that was sarcastic. We do we do want to thank you for coming on today. And we want to kidnap you again, if you would be so kind. I suppose I can make another trek out to the boat for a little Woo-hoo! bit. And we want to invite you to plug your creative endeavors. I mentioned that this was a reunion of sorts. So this why don't was. you talk about your once and future podcasts? Tierney, why don't you tell them about our other show? Ah, <laughs> uh, you mean the one that we're definitely going to do the sequel, but definitely have not yet? Yes, that Thomas one. and I analyzed the movie The NeverEnding Story one minute at a time, and we have been promising, uh, what is his name, John Wesley Shipp, that we are going to talk <laughs> about the sequel, and yet time just keeps passing. Yes. I wrote those notes so long ago. <laughs> Well, you know, this is one way to look at it. You advertised your podcast as the never-ending minute, which which gave me a lot of feelings when you reach the end of the movie because it's like, it's ending, this doesn't feel right. So as long as you have the promise of doing the sequel, (laughs) the podcast has not truly ended. Yes. Ah. Maybe now you've discovered why we really haven't started recording yet. That's definitely it. It's not that Thomas got busy with his other show that involves a lot more prep work than watching a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it couldn't be that Tierney's tried to do five minute-by-minute podcasts at the same time. Not five. (laughs) She's actually invented the new series by second. (laughs) And she's going to do the TV series MASH one second at a time. No, but Tierney and I did do the Never Ending, uh, Never Ending Minute, and my current project, as she has said, does take a little bit more prep and a little bit more uh, editing fina- or panache. <laughs> but it is called Critstorm Cast, and it's where me and five of my friends that I've met throughout my life in different places have all come together to play Dungeons Dragons together. And we record it as we play, and it's a pretty fun adventure and then i add in fun music and exciting sound effects and it's really great i think actually nice so crit storm cast on any podcatcher and if you look on social media for at crit storm cast you can find it there thanks again for joining us and we will as tyranny promised be back on wednesday back here on the tweedledee for more tom hanks and meg ryan romance until then where to now tyranny why do you think i want this boat (laughs) (laughs) so i can sail away from the things of man she doesn't say it twice here it really threw me off (laughs) now i don't know Say
Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.